Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with your living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. A gospel reading from the first chapter of Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, This time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, from Jesus, our Savior, and from the loving Holy Spirit. Jesus' baptism must have really been something. I mean, here's this prophet out in the wilderness, and Jesus comes with all these other people and gets in line. And then when his turn for baptism comes, holy moly. The sky is torn apart. Can you imagine that? And God's spirit descends from that hole in the sky like a dove. Whoa. And then, and then things get even crazier. A voice from this heavenly chasm names Jesus as God's son and says, you are my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Wow. I mean, can you imagine this? And of course, there was a great big party afterwards. They threw this thing for Jesus in the church hall with balloons and cake and those tiny little chocolates with like the sweet little saying in them. I mean, what a... 
Nina? Yeah. Nina, yeah. Well, I just wanted to share with you that that was my experience when my kids got baptized, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. We had relatives come over to the house, and it was a big party. We had cake and... Yeah. Yeah. We had had egg bake. Oh. We had egg bake. Perfect. Yeah. Just perfect. But, you know, while you were just talking, I was kind of reading the gospel story. Yeah. And um, it talks something about, like, not having a party afterwards, but there was something about wilderness. The wilderness? That doesn't seem right. Well, um, take, take a look. Oh, yeah, I guess she's right. Yeah, yeah, actually it says, and then the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. And the angels waited on him. It's not really what we should think should happen next, is it? I mean, Jesus' baptism just seems so wonderful. God is clearly making a big deal out of this thing. But Mark tells us immediately, the Spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness. The wilderness? For 40 days? With wild beasts? Yikes. And Satan is there to test Jesus. Double yikes. As I studied this scripture, I really started to wonder about the desert or the wilderness. You know, it depends on what version of the Bible you're reading, which one of those words is there, desert or wilderness. I think most of us hear this story the way it's really written, not the way I made it up, and say, oh, wow, that's terrible. Jesus had to go to the desert? But why? Why are we so down on the wilderness? You know, honestly, there are amazing, wonderful, miraculous stories of God's people in the desert throughout the Bible. God spoke to Hagar and saved her and her child on the brink of death out in the wilderness. Moses encountered God as a speaking, burning bush beyond the wilderness. And there God spoke to him and anointed him as a leader of the people. The Hebrews escaped generations of back-breaking slavery in Egypt into the desert. Elijah escaped being killed by Queen Jezebel into the wilderness where angels actually cared for him and fed him. The stories go on and on. So we can't be faithful to scripture and just write off the wilderness as a bad place. Again and again, God uses wild places to speak tenderly to God's children. The harshness of the wilderness is actually a place where God cares for God's servants. The desert is a place of openness and calling. And God's people find liberation there and promise there. And I think we can relate to this too. I mean, don't you sometimes just long for the chance to get away? To go somewhere quiet, in nature, to recharge and refocus? I know this is true for me. 
And I think that that is true for many of us. We head out to take a hike or go fishing or just rest in spaces that are deserted and more wild than the places that we call home. Well, both metaphorical and literal wild places test us as they did Jesus and others in the scripture. We may be uncomfortable with the dark or the quiet or those wild beasts out in the wilderness. In the desert place, we might be pushed outside of our normal ways of operating or managing or dealing with situations because they just don't work there. And just because these wilderness experiences stretch us or test us or leave us nostalgic for home doesn't mean that they're bad either. In fact, the wilderness can be an incredibly holy space. It's a space for testing and growth in our lives of faith. Isn't it strange then that the season of Lent is meant to mirror these 40 days of Jesus in the desert? 40 days out in the wilderness. These days that we have just begun entering are meant to be a wild space where we can more clearly hear the whispers of God. And the wilderness might stretch us. It might not be a place of ease. It might not always feel comfortable. It might not be what we would choose. And yet, as she did for Jesus, the Holy Spirit drives us into such places. During this season of Lent at Faith, we are stretching ourselves to listen, to learn, and to reflect upon the ways in which we serve God's kingdom. We're going to be exploring different ways in which we live out our faith along this spectrum of issues, of spectrum of ways of addressing an issue. Today, I'm just simply going to share these with you, preview our journey together over these Lenten weeks. Prayer is foundational throughout our response to the needs of our siblings in Christ and to our communities. We reach out to God on behalf of those who are hurting, and we listen in prayer to God for direction on how we can use our hearts and our hands and our strength to make a difference. The first way of responding in faith is direct service. This can be through financial or in-kind gifts that we donate, or it might be through volunteering in a relational way or behind the scenes sorting some sort of donation. Direct service is a response to an immediate need in our community. To help us sort of understand this a little bit, I just made a list of some of the ways at faith that we, um, we do these direct service actions um, around one issue. This is only one issue, which is homelessness. Throughout the rest of these, I, I have similar examples around that same issue. 
As you can see, at Faith, the ways we respond with direct service are abundant. The print had to be really small to fit on there. The next thing that we're going to explore is education. Education is meant to raise awareness about an issue, either for ourselves or for others. Understanding more deeply helps us to have compassion and insight for those who are dealing with whatever the problem is. Here I have a couple of ways that we as a congregation have been educated around this issue of homelessness um, in the recent past. The next stop along that spectrum is advocacy. Advocacy is indeed a way that we can live out our faith. The way that we understand this is speaking to power-holding leaders to make change to help the community. Advocacy is about an issue, not a candidate or particular leader. Living out our faith through advocacy may mean speaking, it may mean joining with a faith-based advocacy group around an issue that we care deeply about. And finally, the the last thing we will explore is direct action organizing. This is when people who are affected by an issue join together with partners and work together to make meaningful change. While direct service on one end of the spectrum responds to an immediate need, Direct action organizing works for a concrete, permanent solution to an issue. Living out our faith through direct action organizing often includes um, us working together with diverse coalitions of people, like other churches and faith groups, nonprofits, and stakeholders who all share the same goal for the common good. This kind of faith response has been incredibly significant in our history as a nation, making social change in movements like abolition of slavery, women's suffrage, and the civil rights movement. I will tell you it is no coincidence that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a pastor. As we explore these ways of living out our faith to create meaningful change in our communities, you might feel uncomfortable. You may feel stretched or challenged or tested. It might be different than the ways that you normally respond when you're at home or the ways that you're used to practicing your faith. You might notice yourself resisting thinking longly of the old days before the Spirit drove us out into this desert place. And that's okay. That is expected. But do not be deceived into thinking that the desert is a bad place or that this wilderness that is so unknown is bad. These kind of wilds where God speaks tenderly to us where the Holy Spirit literally embodies us and where God serves and cares for our needs so that we can do the important ministry that we are called to do. These are wonderful places. Now, we might normally spend weeks 
gathering and packing and preparing our things to go away for a time in the wilderness for a big camping trip or a backpacking week. Well, we don't get to do that here and now. Jesus was not given that opportunity. There was no time for cake. We just have to go. So I will just tell you that all you need to bring with you on this journey is an open heart, an open spirit, and the bold expectation that God will speak to you in the desert place. And remember, you are not in this alone. We go together with the community of people who have shared an ancient story that has sustained us for generations. And we go in the hand of the Spirit of God who promises to be with us because God is pleased with us. Let's see how the Holy Spirit invites us during these desert days. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.